So the wildest thing that's ever happened to my agency was probably one of the times where I almost got into a fight with the donut guy. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, man, I was a new agent, you know, trying to study for my financial tests and uh, bought a book of business, had all this stress and, you know, couldn't figure out how to do anything and have all these vendors coming in all the time. So I told my front desk people, I was like, do not let these vendors come in. I'm working, trying to build a business here. Those were long and uh, frustrating days when I first started. But anyways, oh, yeah. uh, guy comes in, kind of, you know, looked like a, a kind of a weird guy, but he had a box of donuts and uh, had some uh, customers in my front office there. And he comes in wanting to sell donuts to me for uh, some <laughs> off-the-wall charity. You know, it probably wasn't even a charity, but um, <laughs> probably like a donuts game or something. But... <laughs> Anyways, um, told the front desk office not to bother me, but this guy insisted that he had to talk to me and uh, said I was very unchristian-like because I wouldn't uh, <laughs> talk to him. So back in those days, it didn't take much to get my blood boiling, so I'm kind of like irritated. So I, I storm out there, and I'm like, dude, I, I'm telling you, I'm not interested, so you know, why don't you just go? And he kind of said, well, you're not very Christian-like, and so I got real close to him. <laughs> and I kind of whispered in his ear so none of the clients could hear me. And I said, why don't we go outside and talk about it? <laughs> I could see, you know, he probably could see the anger. And, uh, so anyways, um, he walks outside and I walk outside and he has the donuts and he's kind of like backpedaling. And so I took a step forward and I tried to knock the donuts out of his hands. And um, he starts MFing me and running and I'm chasing him down the down the uh, main, main main street, and all of a sudden, old beat up Pinto comes flying in. And the door opens, he jumps in, and the door slams, takes off, spinning wheels, and um, <laughs> took off. And so, uh, my staff from that day on, you know, I always referred to the donut incident and me trying to fight the donut guy. <laughs> that was pretty funny. So, um, anyways, uh, my name is uh, Chad Kish. I'm agency owner here in Easley, South Carolina, and I'm an insurance dude. Insurance dudes are on a mission to escape being handcuffed by our agencies. How? By uncovering the secrets to creating a predictable, consistent, and profitable agency sales machine. I am Craig Pretzinger. I am Jason Feldman. We are agents. We are insurance dudes. Right now, while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. We took our notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies led Craig and I to selling more than $10 million in premium in the last two years. On this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the same results. Just go to live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. If you jump on this call with us, we're certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, love I love it. it. <laughs> so I good. think we could all relate to something that's happened in the agency, like the donut guy. But what I find so interesting about that story is that he had a getaway driver. So obviously, this guy has pissed off some other people. It wasn't just you if he had a getaway car. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to question when somebody pulls in with 
dozen donuts of Krispy Kreme and that <laughs> yeah. they're, they're trying to um, get money for charity. A lot of times it's, you know, I've learned that it's a scam. So uh, well, why not just sell the donuts? Why do they have to chalk it up to a charity? Does that make it more marketable? I guess. I guess they could maybe, you know, charge more for the donuts. Right. It's so in the donut funnel, they're increasing <laughs> their conversion rate by uh, the donut scam funnel. They increase their conversion rate yeah. by throwing in charity. Well, their acquisition cost is low, and then they get a good return right. on investment. Right. Because they can sell me on the charity. Yeah. That helps push it. It's a good marketing stance to their uh, charity. I wonder if he was registered have, 501c3. Interview that guy for sales position. (laughs) (laughs) See, now, if this happened today, would you have turned it around into an opportunity where it's it's now, hey, maybe you'd be a good sales guy. I mean, he is persistent. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Yeah. In today's world, though, like right now, we just went through half half my team is out with COVID. So I got the door shut and um, trying to keep as many people out because I'm just trying to maintain my staff right now. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. We're hearing this across the board. I mean, there's just stories left and right. I I had to close my office last year because of it. And then one of my offices closed. And then like a couple weeks later, the other office had to close. And yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, this is uh, navigating those times can be tough. That's for sure. I've I've had COVID twice and I just had it uh, beginning of the year. And then luckily half my team works from home. So nice. I, I was able to spread out the team so that, you know, we didn't get like everybody sick, but I ended up that half my sales team was out all at one time. Ugh, it's tough. It started off January really good. And then, um, you know, it's been, it's been a struggle uh, ever since, you know, trying to catch up. I think, yeah, when you get momentum and something comes in to kill the momentum, man, it's tough. Cause it's like that momentum's fun. It's fun when you got a team rocking, especially in sales. So let's backpedal a little bit and let's tell us a little bit about how you got into the insurance business pre donuts, pre donut incident. Yeah, pre donut. Well, it was 2013. <laughs> I was in surgical implant sales, orthopedics. I did oh, that for cool. 12 years. It was a uh, great industry, but I really wanted to uh, have my own business. And that's how I got into it. Never really thought I would sell insurance, but had an opportunity, bought a uh, a small $2 million agency in 2013 and uh, kind of learned learned everything the hard way, learned how to do everything in the office. So here it is uh, eight years later and through some acquisitions and some scratch agencies, I've you know, pushing like $12 million now. So it's been a good ride so far. Nice. Congratulations, nice. Chad. Yeah. That is awesome. What would you say the earliest win was that really, besides the donut guy, that was fuel for your fire that really got you going. And, and there was some, you know, aha, oh, this can work. Yeah. So um, I just put it this way. When I first started, when you um, have a, a debt on your book and um, you're coming in new, you kind of have a ceiling on what you think you can do. And so I, tell, I always tell the story that kind of changed my whole thinking on business and what I was doing was I had been an agent for three or four years and I was pretty proud of myself because I was... Always, you know, one of the top guys in the market. And I went to a um, honor ring of that and, you know, at, the, at a Ritz-Carlton, whatever. And I thought I was kind of a, a big shot because I was there and was golfing with uh, some other agents and started talking to some other guys. And one of the guys said, you know, we were talking about numbers and he said, yeah, I wrote 100,000 uh, last month. And 
to me, that just blew me away because I, I was still smaller age and I just had one or two salespeople and I think I was doing 40 or 50. And I said, well, how are you doing that? And he, he started talking to me and it just really, you know, blew my mind. So I asked him, I was like, hey, can I come and uh, visit your operation? And this guy was like two hours away and he's like, yeah, sure. Come on. So um went to go see what he was doing and he was running his operation 180% different than what I was. And he had started a scratch office. So after visiting him and seeing, you know, what he was doing and what the potential was there, I decided in 2018 to, to start a scratch right after that. And uh, by just kind of using this blueprint, I was able to put up some really big numbers and grow really fast with that scratch contract. And so ever since, ever since then, I've just really been trying to gravitate towards listening to uh, people that are smarter than me, people that, you know, have been doing this longer and have had success and, that's one reason I'm an insurance dude. You know, I've, I've stumbled onto this and I feel like this is really a game changer for us as far as like growing, you know, that growing with the type of business that we want to write, growing, uh, growing our agency long-term. Yeah. It's Love amazing it. once you plug yourself in with other people that have a vision, maybe past the ceiling that we have for ourselves, right? You can't really see it when you're in the woods, but then when you, when you get up at a different, the next tier and you're able to see it like you went to his office you saw the vision you're like holy smokes my brain never even went here i'm busy fighting donut guys and and you're you know (laughs) you just sometimes you have to see it and and i think elevating like jason and i are in some coaching groups that we paid a lot to be in but now we're with people that it's like holy moly i mean i never even thought of that and it it, everything levels you up just really interesting how important community is yeah, that's what I love about the the website you guys have, the encouragement. I love when people put up, hey, I wrote, you know, 15,000 this today and my team's killing it. That positive reinforcement. And I tell you, that, like you just said, when you first start, you're just fighting through the woods, just trying to figure out how yeah, how everything works in the office. It's so overwhelming, but um, you just have to be open to that paradigm shift. Yeah. Believe, you know, believe it, but you know, having mentors and stuff. I didn't really have a mentor. So, you know, groups like this, this can be your mentor, you know, because you can see what other people are doing. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You don't know, like, like the think the most frustrating part is when you just don't know. And it's like, Hey man, I'm open ears. Like I want to, I want to know, you know? So it's like, being able to, to see, like you, you went into that agency, you saw how it's done, man. If you see it, you can do it. Like, that's just the way it is. But a lot of times it's hard to, you know, you see the numbers that are coming in on emails. Like, how are they doing that? That that first year that I was, at, uh, when I first came into the insurance business, I came in from, I was working at bars and stuff like that before. And I came in and man, I was like, I don't even know how to sell two policies, let, let alone, you know, a hundred thousand like that there. I was so far off. I didn't even know where to start. So finally, when I saw somebody that that did it, they were kind enough to take me kind of under their wing. And it was like, Ah, now I get it. I can do it. Yeah, and and it's just like the expectation, right? So like we used to have these markets where we were like 30 or 40 in the market. And I remember when I first started, if I was in the top 10, I was excited. I thought, man, I'm really good. But now I look at it and if I'm not number one in my market, then I'm pissed. Yeah. yeah. You know, and <laughs> That's I'm, awesome. looking at, I'm looking at like what you guys are doing in your zone. I'm trying to get to that level to where I can get in, in the top 15 in the zone. Yeah. And, nice. Um, so that's kind of what I'm shooting for, but I've, I've had a lot of success, but it's all relative to, 
what you think you can do, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. What's that quote? Is the if you believe you can or can't do it, you're right. The Henry Ford quote. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so you bought the agency, you started growing your team. You're you're a much bigger agency right now. Uh, describe your team and the roles that they have in the agency. Well, since I've been able to scale, I've, I've scaled through, um, like I said, the scratch, and then uh, two acquisitions. Uh, last year I bought a book about two point six, and then this year I just closed on one point eight, and I'm mer- merging some of these locations. And uh, the beautiful thing about it is that you can. Um, if you customize between sales and service, you can kind of cover a lot of gaps. So like I have a, I have six service people. All I do is customer service and our phone's integrated so that, you know, they can all take calls. doesn't matter what location they're in or whatever, but they're cross-trained to service clients. And then I, I just have a sales team right now. I'm at five salespeople. I've had made some big changes with my sales team because I was running the scratch office. I really wasn't too concerned about um, retention or uh, cross-selling. I just really focused on premium and we really ran up the premium in our scratch office. But since uh, I'd say May, I've really started to just look at my retention and quality of uh, new business coming in. And so I've had to kind of change up my team members because some of my team members weren't good at writing the type of business I wanted. So right now I've, I've got a pretty solid team of five LSPs that are, um, you know, they probably average around 25000 a piece. But I'm kind of looking to um, add a few more and kind of keep scaling up. Yeah, love it. Methodical, right? You grow a little, add. Grow a little, add. You can just keep leveling up. Yeah. I think that's that piece is important, too, because uh, we recently were, have really looked into the quality of business. And same thing, trying to really uh, up the quality. I think that's a good point to make that um, sometimes – you start growing so fast and you're into putting up numbers that it's nice to like, you got to step back and say, okay, where are we writing the quality business? How are we doing that? Is everybody doing that? Or some people taking shortcuts to win, you know? Yeah. 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 I just, I was talking to my team about that. And even like, I've kind of noticed that some of my call-ins are monolines and those are ones that cancel more often. Yeah. And I tell my team, I was like, guys, just because somebody calls in, you can't just do a shortcut and write them a quick policy. You got to, you know, we, we leave with liability. We talk about the risk. We try, we provide value. We're not selling on price. Right. And if you take the shortcut, those customers probably going to leave as soon as, you know, they get a little hiccup or a price increase. Right. Right. Yep. And um, so um, that's kind of been my marketing strategy um, in my sales process. They all dovetail pretty well together. And the insurance dudes, uh, the tele dudes is, is phenomenal because one thing I really like about that program is because you we actually control the data. We're giving the data to the telemarketers so that if you have good data, you're going to write better business. And if you have a good sales process, you know, hopefully you're writing uh, umbrellas and cross-selling and having better retention with your book as well. Right. Love it. Yeah. So creating that kind of environment where they're writing better business, they're they're doing all the right things requires a, a culture shift. And you said that you do have some remote folks. How do you maintain or create, foster uh, a strong culture at your agency? Um, to be honest with you, that was a challenge. That that was a real challenge I had because I had all these moving parts. I had people everywhere. 
And I, I got to give you guys credit for, um, I don't know if it was Jason or Craig or which one y'all um, came up with this, but having the daily meeting every morning, that's had such a huge impact on my culture. Yeah. And I think the reason why is because it's made me a better leader for my team. Yeah. I'm communicating better with my team. I'm taking the time to, to coach them up. We're talking about issues. And, you know, at first when I started the meetings, I thought, well, I, I'm not going to have enough info to talk to these. You know, what am I going to say to my team every day? I, but it just, you know, every day we just have something that good that comes out of the meeting that, you know, I wasn't even really prepared to talk about. But, you know, it just works out to where it really strengthened, you know, for people that are, that are um, working from home, you know, you still want them to feel part of a team. And so just having that, that daily meeting every every morning, that's that's been the huge difference uh, as far as our agency culture. I love that. It is, it, it's not easy to do. I remember when we first started doing meetings and they were sparse. They were, we were barely doing them. But I mean, showing up to those, doing the meeting, I would get so nervous every day because I was like, oh, what do I say? And, and all that stuff. And then fast forward to now. And it's like uh, Miguel just hit me up today and said that they're doing a doing a second meeting because we used to do two meetings a day. And then when COVID hit, having everybody at home uh, initially, we did two meetings a day because we wanted to, hey, kind of check in later on the day, see where everybody's at and stuff. And like I said, my that agency shut down and uh, they're all working from home again. And yeah, they're doing that second meeting. But I just the meetings are powerful. It's crazy. And you don't want to yeah. like I didn't, I didn't want to do them. At right. first, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think was reluctant and it's, yeah, but it worked. It works. It really helps. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody has the same sort of approach when they haven't done the meetings, meaning that like we say, oh, what am I going to talk about? Or you get nervous about, you know, being the dude and, and getting up in front or, you know, leading the thing. But it's, it's so fundamentally easy and it is precisely what they want and need. Right, the team wants to be led. They want you to be fuel for them to really blow it up. And uh, you know, as everybody says, it is the most. It's one of the most important things that changes an organization is having those sales meetings. Salespeople need to be uh, led. I think leadership. The the agent has to be the leader. And my experience is, has been. I haven't always been a good leader, and I. I've always, you know, been a hard worker and made numbers and stuff, but um, really what turned the leadership thing for me around was when you just decide that everything that happens in the agency that is a failure, if you take ownership of that um, and then work on the issues instead of trying to blame the LSP or blame somebody else for why we're not doing the right numbers or maybe we're losing customers. So you got to just take ownership and, uh, that really, I feel like that and the and the daily meetings have helped our culture a whole bunch. Yeah, so awesome. Throwing away the ego, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's funny. The guy that wants to beat up the donut guy is ego driven and frustrated, and you know, scarcity. And then the guy that is sitting here reflecting on everything and all these any failure is me. I mean, that's a hundred and eighty degree shift. You know. Yeah. And I, awesome. I, I, have LSP, I would have LSPs in the past that I thought maybe had more potential and I would browbeat them. And it just, it wasn't really good leadership. I should have just, you know, tried to, instead of beating somebody down, just say, look, maybe this isn't for you or something. And so I try to lead by um, 
by being positive with everybody. And I don't yeah. really try to scold my team because I don't think that really works. Uh, right. I agree. And we've all been there. We've all, you know, we've all been there. That's for sure. I think the reflection and the the realization is how a good leader looks at it, right? See, looking back at those times and going, oh yeah, that I haven't always been the best. And I'm not now. Like I'm definitely not the best. And but you know, trying to strive to be better is is definitely uh what it takes. Let's kind of move forward into your recruiting process. Just curious how you bring on people as you've grown and how big's your team now? I have six service and five sales. And cool. I'm, I'm always recruiting. I use different vendors. I have um, ads out there all the time. And uh, so I'm, I'm a member of another um, training group and I, I try to listen to successful agents to see what they're doing. And I, one thing I stole from another agent, he, he did a webinar about it, but is work from home salespeople. And during this COVID time and, you know, the fact that people just don't want to work, really kind of don't want to work. I, I used his strategy of um, trying to find people that were willing to work from home with the idea that I could broaden my footprint versus, you know, the only way I would look at it was just to try to find somebody within 20 minutes of my office, you know, because right. you could find somebody good that's 45, an hour, 45 minutes away or an hour away, but eventually they're going to get tired of the commute and be like, you know what? I'm just going to go with this guy that, that I'm closer to that always limited, you know, the amount of good people you could find. So the work from home thing has been great because I've pinpointed different cities. Like I've hired a um, girl that lives in Charlotte and uh, you know, um, would have never done that before. And she's one of my best um, producers. Wow. And so, so cool. you know, Charlotte's two hours from where I'm at. So um, you can find better qualified candidates People that have uh, insurance experience and with sales experience, uh, they just may not live in your state. Um, so if you find someone that's good, though, I mean, it's you can do all the meetings and everything that we do with Zoom and, and all of our reports, everything you can do, you can work from home. So that's been something new that I've done this year. I've hired several remote and it's worked out really well. Before, I was kind of doing word of mouth and I wasn't really probably wasn't that good at finding people. That's something that I've become better at doing, but you know, the interview process and everything, but that that's the big game changer that I, that I kind of tried to evolve to is the work from home type of uh, position. Huh. And how about onboarding somebody when they they're working from home? So what's that process look like? Because obviously it's a little more challenging when you're not sitting with them and able to constantly be with them. Yeah. So the first thing is, is I, I wouldn't hire anybody that didn't have already have their license and have experience because I think it would be too hard to try to train them as a work from home. But so when I do find the right person, what I try to do is um, I've kind of learned the hard way that you can hire. You think you got somebody really good and then they have to go through your carrier's um, appointment process. I could take you know anywhere from two to four weeks or whatever. What I've learned, I kind of start doing now is before I do that, I'll let them call leads in my um, leads. I have, you know, probably 40,000 leads in my lead manager system. And so I'll put them on the phone first and see how they do, see if they, see if they're able to um, get quotes off of, you know, warm to cold leads. And um, I usually give them a quota. I like to see them sell, you know, 10 items by the first week or so. 
If they're local, I'll tell them to bring in, um, on their first day, they have to bring in 10 deck pages. Nice. And I'll tell them that they have to get all those quoted. And then I just kind of put them, um, you know, like on a 90-day plan. And if, if they're not hitting the numbers, then I'm quick to let them go. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So it's, it's slow to hire and quick to fire, you know. It's funny. When people analyze my disc profile, I don't know if you've ever done the disc thing. It's pretty crazy and insightful but like that's the one thing that they say like you probably keep people a lot longer than you should <laughs> I'm like yeah yeah i have it and i know it too and i should uh, yeah that's a tough one <laughs> for me it's it's hard to fire people it is I, i've had sleepless nights and i've just learned that you know I, i'll just call them and say hey look it's not working out sorry and good luck yeah well really and i think shocked. it makes it it makes it easier if you really create those expectations and then it's you know there's daily meetings and there's accountability meetings and, and everybody yeah. really knows what they're doing well i left out a big part of what i do too I, I i skipped over the interview process yeah i do the interview on zoom and then i show them how all my leads come in how many phone calls they have to make you know they're gonna have to make 80 phone calls at least every day they're gonna have to get so many quotes so many items there's a pyramid that, that I have that shows, you know, the bottom is how many calls they have to make, which is 80, or they have to get 10 quotes or sell three items. Yeah. And, you know, I've kind of used some of the formulas you guys have talked about with uh, Teledudes, um, because now that I'm, I have a lot, of, a lot of transfers coming in, I'm, I'm upping the requirements, right? Because they should be getting more quotes now because I'm investing more in, into the program. Right. Yeah. Hey, what are you still doing here? Well, while you're still here and while it's fresh in your mind, check out live.teledudes.com. Yeah, if you weren't listening before, we took notes from over 100 interviews with top agents from around the country and made it into a live webcast. Using these strategies did help Craig and I write over 10 million in premium in the last couple of years. And let me tell you, on this call, you'll receive the exact blueprint to get the very same results. Again, that's live.teledudes.com to register for this upcoming Tuesday's live call with us. And if you jump on with us, we are certain 2022 will be an absolutely fantastic year for you. See you there.